A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to uh, your little bit on the side, your OMG Extra. Uh, you're in the right place if you uh, fancy a little bit of uh, extra news uh, when it comes to your MotoGP and motorbike racing. That's what we're here for, your quick hit of all the latest in between the races. My name is Harry Benjamin. Alongside me, as always, is the former Grand Prix rider and British champion Keith Hewin. And uh, Keith, straight up, uh, we, we've had some rider confirmations, not in MotoGP, but the effects of this are quite, well, will be quite big. Uh, let's start. We're British, so obviously we're going to start with Jake Dixon. There was rumour of maybe MotoGP, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. He's going to stay at Aspar uh, in Moto2. Yeah, confirmed today on our recording day of Thursday. Um, he's staying at Aspar for the Moto2. Unfinished business as far as they're concerned, I suppose. But um, I spoke with Frankie Carcetti, his, uh, his management um, earlier on today, just to try and get a little bit more inside information out of him. And the one thing that comes across more than anything else, you know, as far as Jake is concerned, is the amount of pressure they have been under to try and get a deal done. This deal should have been done at Silverstone, and they held on and held on. This is Frankie Carcetti, his manager, and Jake Dixon held on perilously, I've got to say, with the amount of riders there are in the marketplace at the moment, um, just to see if this MotoGP deal could be done. Um, by the time we got to Austria, though, they had to make that decision. They've signed for Aspar. The only thing I will say, and this ha hasn't come, of course, from Frankie or, or, or Jake at all, but in my own opinion, Dorna get what they want most of the time. They are the overriding um, gods of MotoGP. 
And if there was an opportunity, they've backed Jake to the hilt for years now to make sure he's in. You know, we, our British market is weak. They know that Silverstone and the like don't do as well as they should on the numbers because we don't have a British rider that's in front in MotoGP. So they are backing Jake for that eventual slot. There's no doubt about it. And I think he'll be better on a, on a bigger bike even than he is on, on Moto2. So that there's still hope for that. But the fact of the matter is, is that he couldn't quite put a deal together with what is going on at the moment in the rider market. You've only got to look at the ones that are all up for it. I mean, it's uh, Arbolino, Morbidelli, Dixon, of course, that are going for those two slots that you've mentioned, Rossini and Pramac, now that that um, obviously those things, have, their riders have rolled over into other roles. Um, what's likely to be the unusual factor here is if we get any kind of injury towards the end of the year and so on, you know, somebody decides to retire, whatever it is, even though the Aspar's done a deal, Dorna put a tiny amount of pressure on, you can be fairly sure that the wheels will be loosened up a little bit in, in Jake's favour. But he's happy, I'm sure, to be continuing where he is. He's a good team. He's, he has unfinished business in Moto2. So that's where, at the moment, the headline is he's re-signed. That's where he'll be next year. Okay, well, and, and as you say, that so does have a sort of knock-on effects, really, for multiple riders and teams. There are two plum Ducati rides up for grabs for next year currently. Grassini and Pramac, and we all knew it anyway. I think last time we recorded, it wasn't officially confirmed, but now it is that Joanne Zarco is moving to LCR Honda for next year. That means his seat at Pramac is empty. The Grassini slot, uh, we think, is very much empty with Digi off uh, and not being, well, uh, up to the cut. You mentioned Toby Arbolino. He now seems like he's out of the equation because he's just signed a new one-year deal to stay in MotoGP with the Mark VDS team. So, so who does that then leave? Who, who's going to be we, in those uh, in those Ducati seats? We've got Morbidelli to start with, who who is obviously going to be uh, uh, a force to be reckoned with. And we've got the KTM scenario at the moment. Again, rummaging around in the officialdom like I have done this morning, you'd think I had nothing better to do. <laughs> um, you know, and I keep putting the pressure on it as regards to whether there would be any extra slots coming up in the near future. Adamantly, I'm told that there will be no possibility of KTM getting an extra slot or two um, so therefore, they've got you know the Acosta syndrome that they've got to sort out just yet as well. You know, Pedro Acosta is is a, a high flyer coming up through the ranks, and they're going to want to try and place him in the right place as well. So, KTM have got a real dilemma. They got you know they're spoiled for choice. Um, there won't be the, the, again the official line is, is is that they want another manufacturer. So a, a Husqvarna badged KTM is not the way that they want to go. They're looking for something like BMW or you know, Kawasaki. We always keep talking about Kawasaki, but they won't. Um, coming into into MotoGP as a fully fledged factory team, um, so with no extra slots, we've got what we've got, and therefore the usual logjam. And also, you've got the, the slight problem where some riders have got two year contracts, and others are, you know, on one year deals or, or coming to the end of their deal at the moment. So it's, it's we're slightly out of sync with some of the riders. So you've got that slight management problem of trying to li line that lot up and look to the future at the same time. You know, where's Honda going to be? You know, in in a, a year or two's time hopefully better than where they are at the moment. Yamaha as well. You know, you've got all of those problems. But as it is at the moment, Acosta, we've got to keep an eye on. Where's he going to end up? And if he ends up in one of the two gas-gas places, which is a possibility, of course, then you've got the likes of Augusto Fernandez and Polis Bargro, who are not safe um, as the year moves on. So there is a domino-type thing. So Jake Dixon, you know, and Frankie Carcetti. And I mentioned the pressure. I think the reason I mentioned the pressure about what Dixon and, and Carcetti were under, Silverstone, the pressure building to a to your home Grand Prix, having just won the Grand Prix before the summer break, 
comes into a home Grand Prix with all those contract negotiations and all those nuances and bits and pieces that are going on. It's a moving target. He came into the British Grand Prix with his absolute head full of all of this stuff. And it's it's a nightmare. Anybody that's dealt in contracts at a high level that mean as much emotionally, professionally, financially, and every other way you can imagine. These, these guys, it's what they live, it's what they were born to do. It's what they were born. And you make one step wrong in your way through that ladder and you're screwed. It's the end. It could be the end of your career. And, and these are things that, that, that Jake's had to face before, but this was, you know, it, it, it reached the zenith, hadn't it, of, of, of uh, importance uh, when it came to the British Grand Prix. And they managed to put it off until Austria, but now he's basically had to sign. Otherwise, you might end up with no deal in any class. That is the worry, isn't it? But, I mean, coming back to the KTM situation as well, a lot of the riders seem to think that, well, I've got a contract for next year, so I'm fine. So there's surely there's going to be some heartbreak. There's going to be a big loser at the end of all this. Who's it going to be? Well, contracts contracts are something that they're, they're a legal matter. But at the end of the day, if either party is unhappy, you've got to find a way out of it. You know, there's, a contract is only really a, a legal piece of paper that keeps everything and sets the parameters as far as the finances and the expectation is concerned between the two parties. But at the end of the day, if either of those two parties aren't happy with the way that it's going or, 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 the, or the future, you can get out of them. You know, they're, they're, you know It's going to cost somebody in that situation, um, whether it be a manufacturer or a rider. I mean, we've talked about it many times, haven't we, about you know, Mark Marquez. You know, does he need money? Absolutely, he don't need money. You know, he, he lived with his mum up until a little while ago. She was still doing his washing. You know, it's a situation where all, all those millions, he's got nothing to really spend it on. I mean, things have changed, obviously, since then. Um, but the point being is is that that if it means buying his way out, if he has the faith in Honda not to buy his way out, and, and as far as I can see, he's staying in his contract. I'm not suggesting for a moment that he is going to buy his way out, but there is always that possibility that when you finally get to the end of, the, end of your acceptance of where you are, um, yeah, you can either chuck your t- toys out of the pram and retire, give up, you know, or buy your way into something else, buy your way out of where you are and into another deal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an intriguing time, actually, in, in the rider market for MotoGP. It's going to be so fascinating to see how it unfolds over the next uh, few weekends. But of course, it, it's a weekend off, actually, this weekend. But then it's the Catalan Grand Prix weekend after. Um, but we do have uh, some wild cards, some, some new entrants to have a look at, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that MotoGP is pretty stable with what's going on there. Rins is back, which um, is, is a good thing. Hopefully, he'll be fit and, and we'll see him perform as we would expect because he'll want to he'll want to perform at Catalonia, of course. I'm in Catalonia, by the way. I'm uh, I'm I'm out now, there. Is this um, a birth, so is this a birthday I'm... treat? Because of course it's no, Thursday no. and Wednesday, the 23rd of August was Keith Hewins. Can you believe it? 80th birthday. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, but... Say what you like, mate. The only one thing I can tell you is you will get there as well. <laughs> if you're lucky. I, I, yeah, if, if you're I'm lucky. lucky. If I'm lucky. You're looking good for it. <laughs> Hopefully you will be. But no, I, it was quite funny because I was I was looking through my diary trying to, because my wife has this habit of booking um, things, you know, like uh, as you do. So so she booked to, to be in Barcelona next week. And um, my life is such nowadays. I just look in my diary and think, that's what I'm doing today. Yeah. And I looked next, I thought, what am I going to be missing next week when, when I'm in Barcelona? I thought, oh, I'm not going to be missing that. It's <laughs> the Spanish Grand Prix. And I honestly, honestly, I, I went downstairs yesterday. This is only yesterday I discovered it. I went downstairs yesterday. I said, Venus, do you realize what you've booked? 
She said, no. I said, we're 30 minutes. Our hotel's 30 minutes away from the track. She said, what track? I said, the Spanish track, of course. We're going to the Grand Prix. And she's just as happy because I never, you know, usually I'm working, so I never take my wife to, to, to Grand Prix. We, I mean, we used to go to something, but not now. Um, so we're going to have a family holiday at the track. I can't, I can't find a better holiday. Than I that, think personally. that's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to do the podcast straight after. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I might send you some clips and some and some stuff to to put out during the week. So oh, you'll yes, have a bit of a giggle. Absolutely. Of uh, family on tour at um, Catalonia. I mean, I love the track. I love the track. Um, well, hang on. Do you know what? I, Sa- I, I, I just re- I'm having I'm having that flashback. I remember walking the track with the head of sport, BT Sport, a fella called. Um, Simon Green, he's not there anymore. I don't know where he's gone. BT have this habit of turning over personnel like you've never seen in your life before. Um, every, every two years, there's a there's another whole group of, of management. Um, that's the way it used to run. Now it's TNT, of course, so there'll be even more management strutting around in uh, Path, Catalonia. But I walked the track with him, and I remember he, he was a runner. He's quite a fit fellow, and he was, a, he was a runner. But the look of awe on his face as we walked the track and we talked about the curbs and what they're doing and what gear they're in and all the rest of it, because... I've done it a hundred times. It kind of doesn't mean as much as it does when you take a complete newcomer novice around. And I just remember the look on his face and I thought, hmm, that's the right reaction from the head of a, a big television company at the time, that, that he was that much into it. He was that much in awe of. And if you get an opportunity as a fan to, there's not a lot of tracks that do it. I think um, you get a ride in at Silverstone. I think you get a walk around at Silverstone somewhere as well. But I'm not sure how this works in Grand Prix around the around the world nowadays because, as I say, you know it's easy for us to do it because we have the passes and the accreditation. But if you ever get a chance to walk the track at some stage, if you're in a vicinity of a of a Grand Prix track and there's no Grand Prix on, I, I don't think you'll be able to do it when there's a Grand Prix on. But at any other time, pretty much, you can probably do a tour of the track or something along those lines. It would be something that we'll have to look up and see if we can promote it a little bit because I highly recommend, you know, just a walk around and you can see the transition. The one thing that will, or particularly in Catalonia as well, but it's pretty quick in places, is the width of it. You never expect it to be, you know, as wide as it is. When you're looking at the way they, they're cornering all the rest of it, it looks like they've hardly got any room to manoeuvre with. But when you walk, you think, bloody hell, it's a bloody yeah, mile over yeah. there to the apex or the next curve. So that's a recommendation from well, you know, your old mate, your eighty-year-old mate. Here. <laughs> well, uh, we we'll have more recommendations uh, for Catalonia in next week's OMG Extra, which will be out before the weekend, of course. Um, but so Alex Rins back in action. What other names we got? Alex Rins back in action. Uh, I mean, that's about it for for MotoGP, of course. Um, Darren Binder is out, the Aussie. He's um, he's been ruled unfit, so he's out. He's replaced by Seno Aguias. Um, he's a hot kid in Moto Two Europe European Championships, so he should be. Uh, useful again we'll, we'll keep an eye he also tried uh, actually he did he's an Aussie and he did the um, sorry but South African Darren Binder Aussie is the guy that's replacing him getting my nationalities all around there I was about to get a slamming from uh, from our um, our comments below um, he did the ASB the Australian Superbike Championship and finished second in the final round the other other year so um, he's actually a bit handy on a big bike so keep an eye out for him Alex S. Grigg the Spanish guy he's re- Placed by Yere Ruiz, um, consistent top fives in the Euros, so uh, he should be there or thereabouts when he's at home in Spain, of course. And Tiger Harder is replaced by Matteo Rato, the uh, Italian, another Moto2 um, top four runner in the Euros as well. So some quite quite good talent that's coming in there. Um, and, of course, Marcus Ramirez is a permanent replacement now for Sean Dillon Kelly. Sean Dillon Kelly, you know, his arm injury is, is taking a long time to, to mend and it, it, it's taken a while. So it looks like Marcus Ramirez... Alberto Sura uh, replaced um, uh, Ramirez at forward racing. I'm just looking at my note here. 
and and now he replaces Sean Dillon Kelly at American Racing. So um, swapping hot seats in Moto Two at the minute. Yeah, it's all going on in there. Well. Uh, keep an eye write that down so you can uh, keep a look out for them next week uh, now look we're uh, going to be doing a proper preview show of oh. course oh no God, we got the tie as well remember the tie Takakorn Buasri ah. is back again um, he's a 22 year old tie he's been in the Junior Talent Cup and uh, he's an ex Red Bull rookie he's back in Moto3 and we've got a wild card David Almanza another Spanish guy on the Finitwork Intact GP uh, Husqvarna slash KTM, um, KTM in Moto3. Lovely stuff. Okay, keep an eye out for them next week. Some of the young hot shots coming through. Uh, look, we're going to do a proper preview show, of course, on, uh, well, we're going to record it on Monday. And we've got a special guest, uh, MotoGP technical director, Danny Aldridge. That's going to be a juicy one, Keith. It is because, I mean, Danny Aldridge, I think the technical director job is is quite a tough one. Danny's been around in this sport for a long time. His dad was before. You've heard me talk about Colin Aldridge. His dad died you know, quite a long time ago, only at the age of 55. He was a fantastic, fantastic guy. Sponsored you know, quite a lot of big names and, and the like around, but a really down-to-earth fellow. And Danny is the same, technically very astute. Um, but he's had a bit of a, well, not him so much, but the, 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 the team have had a little bit of a slapping from the likes of Matt Oxley, who is a very well-respected journalist around the paddocks where Matt couldn't quite get what he wanted at trackside. I mean, it's a journalist's job to get every single nuance that they can and do a and bit of prodding, spare it around. And, but, but it, of course it's a problem sometimes when, when you're dealing with, should we say the slightly more covert, slightly more secretive, slightly more confidential area of a technical director. And, and this, of course this, tire pressure thing that that matt seems to have got his he's he's got his heels dug in over it he was the one that blasted the the organization some year ago when when the list the voluntary list of tire pressures came out and matt was saying some of the some of the, this is not paraphrased at all because i can't remember the exact wording but it was something along the lines of you know some of these teams are actually cheating because they're getting away with lower tire pressures than they should actually have which is why last year they were testing this new um software upgrade to across the the entire MotoGP grid a platform that worked accurately across all of the the configurations and that was the big problem everybody that was running a different system in MotoGP last year so you couldn't really measure it accurately as a technical director as a, as a department so 2023 new systems in place but they're still ruling out the bugs and they don't want someone in there photographing bits and bobs oh look there's a there's a seamless gearbox over there we'll get that oh look there's a special now you have to clear off out of here and, and i think matt took exception to that that he thinks there's some kind of um secrecy veil going on he, he loves a conspiracy theory does, well, does uh, matt. don't we all well look I, I, do you know what i'm surprised he's not blaming it on brexit had to get that one in there right at the end, didn't you? uh well look um we're going to be asking him questions we've got loads planned uh but if you've got any questions for the MotoGP technical director, well, now's a chance to get them answered. Uh, you can either send them to us through our social media at OMGMotoGP or our email address is OMGMotoGP at Gmail. You can email us your question or we'd love to hear your voices and get them on the show. You can send us a 30-second voice note with your question and we'll play it out to Danny Aldridge for that is all to come next week. And look at that, a little squidge over 15 minutes, but much better than last week. So we're getting there. We'll be at 15 eventually. Uh, but that is your uh, your hits, your OMG MotoGP Extra uh, for this week. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe. It goes a massive long way. I'm not just saying that because that's the cliche thing to do, especially in these early stages. Please do. And all your feedback, good and bad, is read, is calculated. And there is a mute button. Keith is very, very tempted to mute me, as somebody asked. Uh, but 
Um, I am integral to this podcast. <laughs> no, Keith is integral. Look, uh, we will see you on. It's just, it's just to bring the average age. That down. is true. Yeah, that, um, yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Uh, look, as Keith gets older, I get younger. Uh, right. Okay. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.